Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I'm a 24-year-old piece of gold and the current reigning defending Bullet Cash champion, just like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, and Adam Cole, baby. This title reign is hashtag forever undisputed. For life, brother. And yes, I am the microphone messiah, but you know I never do this alone. He's my tag team partner, the Jim of my J, the Totem Arn, the Stevie Ray to my Booker T, the Kenny Omega to my Hangman Adam Page, the Canadian Destroyer, host of the award-winning Under the Raider host and creator of Curveballs and Chair Shots, the eight-time and first-ever Bullet Cast champion, BT, Brandon Tanguma. How you doing today on this fine, fine Thursday afternoon? Philip, I'm doing okay. We thought 2020 was going to hell in a handbasket. It just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? Yes, it, it, all all the um, the riots and the you know the the, the quest for change and peace and, and equality. It's 2020 has has been an interesting one, man. Mm. Yeah, I'm already ready for 2021. And it's, we're not even halfway through yet. Yeah, yeah, of course we're not. We're we are four days into the sixth month of this year. What fun, right? What fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to talk professional wrestling. That's what we're here to do. So let's get to it. Uh, for SmackDown, we're not going to go over everything that happened there. We'll really cover SmackDown in next week's episode when we talk about the finals for the IC title uh, tournament between Styles and Daniel uh, Brian Daniel Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, so the Christopher Daniels? Christopher Daniels? I don't know. All right, so uh, the Jeff Hardy angle. So apparently what Elias was hit, run over and, and th- there was a debauchery and Jeff Hardy's arrested because, you know, of the the uh, his life and the substance abuse and all this other stuff. Uh, people didn't, didn't quite uh, find it funny or not funny, but there were a lot of people that didn't like it. I know Matt Hardy took to Twitter and said he's thankful to work for AEW and Tony Khan. Uh, Rebby Sky said she's throwing her TV out, but uh, honestly, got her opinions don't really matter for for reasons. Uh, Brandon, what was your what was your thoughts when you when you saw this Jeff Hardy angle? Well, I thought it was an interesting angle for probably all the wrong reasons. This Jeff Hardy, I mean, they were doing the comeback story with the vignettes and the documentary series, so they were definitely leaning heavily into the Jeff Hardy. Uh, you know, road to recovery angle of things. And, I mean, obviously Jeff Hardy comes out at the end of the show, which kind of leads everyone to believe that he's not. He wasn't under the influence. He was framed. But that being said, at the beginning of the show, you know, you have Jeff Hardy who still is still fighting. It's not like, you know, a lot of some of these other wrestlers who have been clean. It's over like Shawn Michaels, who's been clean for almost 20 years. So that's maybe a little bit better to go and tell that story than someone who's currently in that situation. And also with all this stuff going on with the protests and everything, having a white man arrested and having I mean, I don't know if this was like filmed like that day or if this was filmed in advance. Or they had this planned in advance, but I just think it was kind of poor timing to have Jeff Hardy be arrested and, you know, with everything going on. It wasn't the best look. It's WWE. What do you expect? But I assume that this is all just going to lead to Sheamus be the one that, you know, ran over Elias and poured booze over Jeff Hardy to make it seem like he was drunk or something. Yeah, that's that's exactly where this was going to go. 
uh, Hardy was framed, and you know, it's uh, I mean, this is wrestling. I mean, they've done this with uh, with Scott Hall and uh, I, I, I guess we can say Adam Page. I, I don't know, but he's he's a baby face for 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 drinking. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's um, it is what it is. You know, uh, when, when I found out this happened, I uh, I was actually watching an old TNA uh, pay-per-view highlights, and it was Victory Road, the the uh, pay-per-view where Jeff's completely wasted and unable to compete against Sting, and Sting's all pissed off and all this other stuff, and I'm like, oh, oh, the, the, that's 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 ironic, but uh, yeah, that that happened. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna move on outside of the ring. We have some very sad news. Uh, Deathmatch wrestler Danny Havoc has passed away at the age of 34. If you ever saw the wrestler series on um, Vice, you know, he was a part of that during the Deathmatch episode, and, you know, he was retiring uh, at that point. It was about three years ago, and, you know, he was in the business for, like, 18 years, you know, did a lot. Uh, He was good buddies with Jimmy Havoc of AEW, so I'm not going to pretend like I I watched his work and I I knew a lot about him because I really didn't. I don't. Um, but, you know, from the, that episode of The Wrestlers, he seemed like a, a down-to-earth guy and cool guy. Uh, it's unfortunate that he's passed away. I don't think the news is broken of how this happened, but R.I.P. to Danny Havoc. Brandon? Honestly, I didn't know who Danny Havoc was, but he seemed to touch a lot of lives and be friends and be a good person. To a lot of people inside the wrestling industry, I saw just everyone just flooding uh, the social media is about you know R.I.P. Danny and all that stuff, and I I haven't I've seen a lot of the wrestler uh, show or the show on Vice, but I haven't seen that one yet, so I definitely got to go out and watch that episode. John Moxley he tweeted out his thoughts and just was saying that he was crying all night and you know he was hurt by this, and also Danny Havoc, a graphic designer, so he was kind of making that inroads in the wrestling business, and he actually designed the first ever AEW grenade logo for John Moxley. Wow. Wow. It's, it's like we said, it's unfortunate. R.I.P. to Danny Havoc. Uh, on to some, uh, some happy news. Kelly Kelly, she was on the show at the beginning of the year before the world and our country turned upside down. She's getting engaged. Congratulations to Kelly Kelly. It's like we said, ladies and gentlemen, you come on our show, good things are going to happen to you. She was in the Women's Royal Rumble. She uh, was the host of Where Are They Now for WWE Network. And now she's engaged. So shout out Kelly Kelly. Congratulations, girl. Congratulations to Kelly Kelly. Great TikTok. Oh, absolutely. One of the best TikToks. All right, Sting. She's no Lana. Oh, no, she, she's no Lana or Peyton Royce. Absolutely. Yowzers. Kathy Kelly, very underrated TikTok, if I might add. All right, uh, Sting, The Lost Tape. It was about a, it was about like a 15-minute little little doc. I'm not going to include the running time of the match. If you include that, it's about like 30 minutes. But it's just, uh, this crew was following Sting around in 95 in WCW. This is Bleach Blonde Surfer Sting. You know, and he he's just talking about what it's like to go out there and perform in front of the fans. And you have Macho Man that's not really being Macho Man. He's just backstage, you know, being being Randy Poffo. And it, it was really cool just to see this aspect. You know, it was I think it was all leading up to a match with uh, Big Bubba, which was uh, the big boss man in WCW. And uh, Brandon, have you seen this? And what do you think? Well, Philip, of course I've seen it because I'm a great wrestling podcast host. I just watch everything. 
I mean, it's I don't know exactly how to put it into words, but I would maybe surmise that it was just a great watching experience, something to see, you know, the behind the scenes actions of mid 90s WCW. I take it as you haven't seen this. What? What are you talking about? How would you come to that conclusion? I mean, when when some when something drops on the network, you have to watch it. You know. Well, I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't got the. I don't. I haven't. You know. We're on quarantine. That, you don't got I haven't else clicked to do? that notification bell to get the updates. Wow. I mean, it, it, it was good, man. You know, you see. Uh, you see Mike Tenay and Mean Gene Okerlund. You see all these great, all these great talents. Yes. All right, Arn Anderson, the Enforcer. As I look at his autograph on my wall, uh, he signs a new multi-year deal with AE Dub. Arn's not going nowhere. The coach is, the coach is here to play, baby. Good for Arn Anderson. Gets let go from WWE. Lands on his feet with AEW. And who knows exactly what this entails. Is he going to be an on-screen talent for multiple years? Will he just be an on-screen talent for the foreseeable future until his storyline with Cody runs through and he's a producer for a long time? But I think Arn, on-screen-wise, he's been all right. He hasn't really contributed too much to the Cody uh, character, which I don't really think Cody needs a manager or a coach per se, but... I think it's just leading to a story later on down the line where Arn Anderson turns because you can never trust Arn Anderson, and he's a horseman, and the horsemen hate hate the roads, and it's gonna come to fruition sometime later down the line. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of Cody, uh, Cody welcomes non AEW talents to challenge for the TNT Championship in the Open Challenge. Last week on Dynamite, Cody said he would take on a schedule like no wrestler before him. And every week, this title will be defended. That, that's actually really cool, man. You could have guys come in and do a one-off. That, that, that's dope, man. I'm, I'm excited for that. Well, Philip, wrestlers, wrestlers are supposed to be independent contractors, which in theory means you can just book them for a one-off, one-time appearance, and they can just come in, do the match, and leave. But call me crazy. I mean, dude, like, you know, people make, make that... Uh, qualm with WWE. It's the biggest company in the world. Would you really want to work anywhere else? Matt Hardy says he's glad to work for AEW. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Matt. I mean, he's broken. He, he doesn't make much sense. You know what I mean? Yes. He wasn't broken on this week's episode. See, he has, he has a personality disorder. You know what? There are times when he's fine. There are other times when he's not fine. You know, I've I've seen this before on Days of Our Lives. You know, it's 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 quite it's quite drastic what's going on with Matt Hardy. He needs help. Yes. All right. AEW Fighter Fest July first and July eighth two night event on Wednesday. It's gonna be free for us, and we you know we will see uh, certain matches on there that we will get to when we talk about AEW Dynamite. Moving on with that, this day in wrestling, SmackDown 2002, uh, Jamie Noble makes his debut, and Billy and Chuck, you know, they were they were great friends. They had a friendship ceremony once. They win uh, back the WWE Tag Team Championships. Raw on this day in 2007, Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch defeat the Hardy Boys for the World Tag Team titles. Fun fact, the storyline of Cade and Murdoch respecting the Hardys, but after they couldn't get the job done and they turn on them, that was done 10 years later with The Bar and The Hardy Boys. And, Brandon, we were in attendance for when The Bar turned on The Hardy Boys. Payback 2017 with the House of Horrors match. Yes. 
How could I forget? How could you forget? Speaking of WWE pay-per-views in 2017, Extreme Rules. Uh, Samoa Joe defeats was it Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and Bray Wyatt to become the number one contender for Brock Lesnar's universal title for Great Balls of Fire. Yes, how could we forget that? All right, Riho, the first ever AEW Women's Champion, is 23 years old. I feel like I've wasted my life. And uh, Gorilla Monsoon, the late great Gorilla Monsoon, would have been 82 years old today. Any any thoughts about what happened on this day? Do you see clearly? Where's Riho? I know we're in a pandemic and she might be in lockdown in Japan, but she could have been so much more. Uh, she could have been so much more, you're right, but, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Alright, let's go to the fan mail. Oh, Jesus, I have a, I have a, I have a lot of emails here. Oh, God. oh, by God. By God. You gotta keep a clean email, Philip. Absolutely right. It's really just a lot of Uber Uber emails here. Alright, here we go. Uh, Robert Walker. Hey, guys, I'm just curious. If you could name the first time you remember seeing each member of the elite that's in AEW. Oh, I guess he means the first time we've seen them wrestle. Um... Okay, let's see. There's there's Cody. The first time I saw him, he was teaming with Hardcore Holly in 2007. Um, Matt and Nick, the Bucks, I Generation Me and TNA. That was the first time I ever saw those guys. Hangman is like a, right when he joined the Bullet Club, maybe a little bit before. Uh, Kenny Omega. Um, probably the match with Okada when I really found out who he was. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's it. Brandon, what about you? Well, for Cody, I keep saying, you know, I had my little... I left wrestling for a little bit in the late 2000s. So, the fr- I, I don't know if I remember the first time I saw Cody, but, like, my first memory of Cody is probably the dashing Cody Rhodes gimmick, you know, handing out the paper bags and the mustache and whatever, you know, kind of combining gimmicks at this point, but kind of that era Cody Rhodes. Kenny Omega... I, you know, watching the watching New Japan. So him, you know, joining the Bullet Club and doing all that stuff. So I'm kind of before his rise to prominence and facing Okada and all the good fun stuff. The Young Bucks. I don't know if I if it's in New Japan because I started watching New Japan the GF the you know the Global Force Wrestling collab with New Japan where they had it on pay per view for the first time. I think. That might be the first time I ever watched the Young Bucks because I heard them. I heard they're really good for the longest time and a lot of things in New Japan, but I just never got around to watching it. So probably that. Uh, I mean, was Kenny Omega? I think Kenny Omega was on that card as well. So maybe that show as a whole was the first time I saw the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And then Hangman Adam Page, obviously, you know, that's when I was watching New Japan and being the elite and all that stuff. So whenever he kind of first joined the fold with, uh, you know, the Bullet Club and the elite, that was. I was there for it. Awesome, awesome. Oh, this is not a wrestling question, but here we go. Nigerian Prince. How do you guys feel about the looting and rioting going on right now? And, Philip, what's your reaction to when uh, people retaliate with all lives matter when we say black lives matter? Oh. Um, We're just jumping into it, aren't we? We are. Uh, about the, the, uh, the, what was it, the looting and rioting. Look, I'm all for the protests. Um... I, I see what's going on for us that live in the Bay Area. You know, Bay Fear torn to shreds. The Walmart in San Leandro was burned. Uh, the Mercedes dealership in Oakland. Cars are on fire. People stealing. 
cars and stuff, like, you guys are going to get caught. They have VIN numbers. I mean, if you sell them outside of the States, then maybe you'll get away with it. Look, guys, the point, the point I'm trying to make here is, if we're going to burn stuff, let's do it to businesses that we know are, are, are racist. I know, like, I, I've heard some black businesses are being burned and all this stuff. Like, a lot of people don't probably don't even care about this movement and what's going on. They've just been cooped up in their house for two months and just want something to do and be reckless and get free free stuff. That's probably, that's what a lot of it is. But, like, look, like a Chick-fil-A, we, we, we know. We, we know their stance against, you know, people of color and, uh, um, people who are uh, gay, bi, whatever, lesbian. If you want to burn down a Chick-fil-A, I'm all for it, dude. I don't care. Look, bang energy drinks. Like, they, 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 they're, they're Trump fans, you know? Me, I work at a gas station. I get my bangs for free, so I'm not, I'm not uh, buying. I'm not giving to the, to, the, to the Trump campaign or whatever. But, you know, if you want to go to the bang headquarters and burn it down to the ground, I'm not going to stop you. I'm okay with it. And as far as the uh, All Lives Matter thing, look, th- this is, I've seen it uh, posted a lot on social media in the last couple of days. It, 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 this is the utmost truth. Do all lives matter? Yes, absolutely. But all lives aren't constantly targeted every day. I don't think people get it. Like, I am at a disadvantage every day because of the color of my skin and not the content of my character. Do all lives matter? Yes, absolutely. But all lives can't matter until black lives do. It's just that simple. Brandon? Well, when it comes to the rioting and the looting, obviously, I disagree with that. I think you shouldn't be doing that. And the media and everything, as someone who's you know an aspiring journalist, I see people and you know the, the people will see the rioting and the looting and they'll misconceive that with the people who are peacefully protesting and they'll stick to the looting and the rioting and see like, look, look at all these you know mean, mean people and they're just here to destroy. Sorry, getting a little agitated with everything going on right now, but. Uh, you know, I mean, peaceful protest, all for it, the rioting and the looting, that's just, is people, I mean, it's white, I'm not saying it's all white people, but there's people who probably don't really care about the movement just going there, as you said, just going and destroying stuff to be reckless, but uh, the all lives matter stuff, Philip, you said it eloquently, you know, all lives can't matter until black lives do, I'm not black, I'm brown, but I've never really been, I've never felt like I've been oppressed or anything like that. So I've been uh, grateful in that matter, living here in the Bay Area. It's a melting pot. There's a lot of different races, ethnicities, uh, you know, sexualities that I've been exposed to. So not saying that the Bay Area is the best place in the world because obviously there are racist people that live here, but I just never have been exposed to it. But I'm definitely, you know, at this point, it's either you're on one side or the other. It's not a time to stand in the middle and stay silent because, I mean, I've, I'm only like 26 years old or 25 years old, and I've seen this thing go on like three, four, five different times already, and we haven't seen any change. And this time, it feels different. So hopefully this time, there's real change. Absolutely. And you know what the, 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 the rioting and stuff? My people have tried peaceful protests We've sat at counters that said white only and silent protests. Have food poured on us. Dogs biting us. Hose down. Kaepernick. He had a peaceful protest. Banned by the NFL because of it. We've tried to be peaceful. It hasn't worked. So maybe this is the only way that we can truly be heard. That That's, that's how I feel about that, you know. 
Um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on from that. Hopefully, uh, Alfie Lewis. Actually, we're not gonna move on from it. Jason Riker is a piece of ish. Enough said. Oh yes, the leader of the Forgotten Sons. He was Gunner in TNA. Uh, a lot of his old social media posts have come up, and you know people have taken to it and you know, have called him a piece of ish like this, and don't want anything to do with them. Talks about how he doesn't understand why black people are upset and all this other stuff. And I just saw a photo of him, but basically his body was, I guess we could say black body because it wasn't his face. And, you know, just hateful remarks. So, like, I'm, I'm sorry, the guy needs to be, he needs to be canned. That's the bottom line. I, I haven't seen the older tweets. I just saw the tweet I think he put up on Monday and Kevin Owens clapped back at him just saying don't try to get your crappy wrestling gimmick over. This is some real stuff going on right now. So shout out Kevin Owens. I stand. Kevin Owens also Mustafa Ali clapped at him. You know, Sami Zayn and a whole bunch of other people clapped at him and you know, it's his opinion. He's he's allowed to have his opinion, but people have the right to clap back at him and if WWE which WWE you know, released their statement, which is kind of just the, you know, regular corporate thing that, you know, we stand by the protest and Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. But WWE kind of has their own issues with, with black talent and their history and stuff like that, which we, we could get into, but I don't think we're going to get into right at this moment. So I would love to see Jackson Riker, you know, maybe get de-pushed and not be a focal point all that much because I never was really a big fan of him to begin with. And even his buddies on the Forgotten Sons have kind of distanced themselves from him. So this week's episode of SmackDown should be interesting to see if maybe uh, Jackson Riker ain't with them anymore. Absolutely. All right, Jack of all trades. Guys, with all this talk of Orton versus Edge being the greatest wrestling match ever, what are your top 10 favorite wrestling matches of all time? And I'll assume your number one is what you think the greatest wrestling match ever is. Um, I read this email a couple days ago, talked to Brandon, dude. So what we're going to do, we're going to do a separate podcast of our top 10 wrestling matches just to save time today. So we will answer your question. We will get to it. You're going to have a whole podcast dedicated to your question, dude. Embrace it. Love it. Love it. We have done this question in the past, back in, in the early days of the Bulletcast when we would have like top 10s and we do lists and stuff. So I think if you go back to YouTube in the archives, deep, deep in the archives, you might be able to find our list. But this would be an updated list and... It should be very interesting because I'm still working through it because I looked at my because I still had the notes and the list that I had all those years ago and I've had to do some rearranging. Absolutely, I found my list and it's still the same. Yeah. All right, uh, Dan, guys, I heard on Sam Roberts' podcast that uh, he thinks HBK versus Brett, uh, the Iron Man match, is underrated. What about you guys? I did hear this. I did hear this. I know Brandon has said many a time on the show how he feels it's overrated. But I look at it like this, man. I, I I first saw that match when I was like, I don't know, 16. And it really made me appreciate, like, a wrestling match. I mean, like, the and the, plus the longest match I'd seen to that to date at that time was like, I don't know, like, Taker and Sean, which was like, what, 32 minutes? And they went in a whole hour and, like, they kept me invested. I was playing, I was playing a video game and I just shut the thing off and just watch that entire match, and it really made me appreciate uh, the wrestling aspect of things. So, you know, that's that's why that match is so visceral to a lot of people, you know, uh, from that time period, and even if you watch it now. So that's... Uh, and plus, it went into sudden death. It doesn't happen a lot. Love it. 
Love it. Brandon, do you have any new takes on that match? No. I think I've tried to watch the match at least two times. Still have never seen it in its entirety because every time I watch it, I'm like, man, this is boring. I know there's going to be no falls. It's just an hour, you know, an hour long of going back and forth and nothing really happening. So why am I going to waste an hour of my time watching this match when I can watch something better? Wow. I know Bret Hart's in it. Jesus, like it's Sean, you know, it's the greatest wrestler of the 90s. I could watch two great Shawn Michaels matches in the time I can watch that one mediocre match. Wow. Or two great Bret Hart matches for that matter. Uh, 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 Bret was okay. He was no, he was no HBK. All right, Alfie Lewis. So is Brian Cage just gonna beat black people every week? Oh God. Um. Until the great white pope John Moxley beats him. Oh Jesus, that uh. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. He has just beaten black. I mean, if if Brian Cage faces off against Pineapple Pete next week, we I mean we we might have a case for this uh, new gimmick. Pineapple Pete. Oh yeah, he he was on Jericho's podcast this week, guys. Uh, go give it a listen. Um. I, I don't know what to say to that, but we're just going to move on. Dan, this is the last fan mail. And Brightest Day X didn't write in this week. I'm sad. I really am. Well, Mr. X writes in every single week to Curveballs and Chair Shots. He has his own segment dedicated to it because oh, he's the only person emails. Oh, wow. That's that's great. I'm going to I'm gonna have to go listen to that. All right. So you can only meet five. Choose wisely. Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Sasha Banks, uh, Le Champion, Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair, John Cena, Jinder Mahal, Alexa Bliss, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Becky Lynch, Braun Strowman, Sami Zayn, and John Moxley. Oh wow! Um, I've I've met Le Champion on on two occasions. I'm, I'm, I'm I'd be down to do it again, but uh, uh let's see. I'll go. Philip, if you would, if you could, could you copy and paste? those names and could you put it in the script because that's a lot of names for me to, to try to remember uh, it's actually he sent a photo i can i can just send you the photo well if you send me the photo then i can look over it because i've already forgot about half the names already yes absolutely 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 i got i got you buddy send you that photo great audio right now great audio ladies and gentlemen all right um okay so i'll, I'll meet alexa absolutely love her love her to death um, gotta gotta meet the franchise. I'll, I'll meet Big Match John. Uh, I'll I'll hang out with Gender. Sure, absolutely. Gotta have Charlotte. That's four. And then I gotta hang out with my fellow Messiah. Absolutely. So I'm going Charlotte, Gender, Alexa, John, and Seth Rollins. That, those those are my five. Those are my five. Brandon, what about you? Well, if I'm going to do my five, you know, got to start off with give me that Becky. Got to go with my girl Becky Lynch. Then got to go Alexa Bliss. It's the Sparkle Splash, not a Twisted Bliss. Just saying. Then we'll go We'll go with Finn Finn. Shout out Finn Finn. Love me some Finn Balor. And then that's three. We'll go with, uh, we'll go with Chris Jericho. You know, maybe uh, see a hockey game, get hammered, drink some Grey Goose or something like that. And then finally, I'll go to a protest with... Uh, with Sami Zayn. Wow, there you go. Absolutely, absolutely. That's great, man. You know, we have some uh, bubbly with Le Champion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the Raw recap. Seth Rollins, the Monday Night Messiah, cuts a promo saying he was doing a favor for Rey Mysterio, all this other stuff. Aleister Black comes out, and then they have a match. And guess what? 
Alistair Black beats the former Tyler Black. How do you feel about that? Thought it was a good match. Promo by Seth, I I enjoyed it. It's kind of more the same with kind of his soft-spoken delivery, but uh, Alistair Black getting the win over Seth Rollins. I think that's a good sign for Black that he's going to be maybe not moving up to the main event tier, but at least they're not you know, having him lose right now for Seth Rollins to get over. So good sign. Still holding out hope that Aleister Black can be much more. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I do want him to uh, hit that upper middle card echelon, so to speak. All right. So Apollo Crews is set to face Kevin Owens for the United States Championship, they're they're doing the, they're doing a business, and then all of a sudden, uh, Angel Garza and Andrade come out. Selena Vega looking very nice on Monday night. On Monday, you feel me? Uh, it leads to a tag team match. My and- brother said that she that she looked like Doja Cat. All that pink. Who who is this? Who's who's Doja Cat? She's a rapper. Oh really? Really? Big TikTok song. Really. Yeah, she's I, the one with the punches that you got to roll with, I believe. You see, I, I, I'm, I'm so out of the loop, man. You know, during the coaching season, I'm, I'm around the kids, and they keep me hip and, and young to the, this new people stuff. But when I'm not, I, I just don't know, man. I love coach of the youth; it makes me feel young. It, exactly. I don't know who Doja Cat is. Uh, this Lizzo, I have no idea who she is. Uh, Billy, Billy English, Eilish, whoever the hell, I don't know who that is. I'm sorry, I don't. Billie Eilish yeah, I, has great this? songs. She really? And she's been theme song for an NXT show. Really? And that uh that uh, I'm a Savage song, I just found I just found out who, who that lady was like a week ago. So you know I I don't Stallion know. Stallion Megan? Yes, I'm 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 late to the game, I'm sorry. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, uh cruise control is the is the move that gets the job done, so KO and Apollo Cruz can defeat Garza and on hell. Or on Hill Garza and Andrade. Oh Jesus, I'm just off today. By God, by God. Thoughts on the tag team match? The beginning with KO and Cruz. I mean, it was alright. It was kind of short. I didn't exactly know the psychology of the match because I think KO kind of hit uh, Apollo Cruz low, and then Apollo Cruz was kind of fainted in injury, and then he attacks—not attacks, but you know—kind of baits him in and. Uh, Gets one up on KO there, but uh, the tag team match it was fine. I believe Andrade is the one that got the that took the pin. So again, Andrade kind of you know losing a lot of steam ever since that wellness policy violation. But yet he's still getting a lot of television time. So it's kind of you know fifty fifty. It's like he's getting he's on TV a lot. He's getting the time and doing stuff. But then when push comes to shove, he's always the one that loses. It seems like. Yeah, it's we'll keep you on TV, but we're, we're, you're going to have to be buried. That's just the way it is. All right, the Street Profits and the Viking War Raider Experience go bowling, and they're drinking goat's milk. Ugh, what the? How, how did you feel about this one? Similar to the other, whatever, three segments that they've done before this, it was crap, not very funny whatsoever, and yet we're still going to get another one because they're going to do a decathlon. Can't wait. Can't effin' wait, brother. What else happened on Monday Night Raw? Rey Mysterio's promo. He and his son Dominic discuss what Seth Rollins did to him. Discuss, you know, you know, he, he took away the live, he tried to take away the livelihood for my family. He's wearing an eye patch under his mask, and so you know, this all has to lead to Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. 
I think that I think SummerSlam be a nice be a nice little nice little touch. What do you say? And I think you can hold off on this match. Really sell the Mysterio eye injury. Maybe uh, Dominic goes and tries to get one up on Seth Rollins. Maybe Dominic turns on Ray and he joins the cult with uh, Seth Rollins. Or sorry, not it's not a cult. It's a, a following or whatever. But uh, I did like the promo. I did kind of like Ray Mysterio's little setup he had in his room. You know, having like a nice WCW uh, poster in the back had some. Some little, uh, you know, Easter eggs behind there. But overall, I, w- I enjoyed it, and I think this is uh, some good stuff Ray Mysterio did on this uh, show. Absolutely, and his setup doesn't compare to the one I got here. You know, I got the, uh, the Dolph Ziggler plaque, which I, I attained from a very nice fellow. This, uh, the, the, this is magnificent, I might add. Shout out to that fantastic, nice fellow. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Oscar versus Flair ends with ref stoppage when Nia Jax comes out to Oscar's theme wearing a mask and she put on the uh the, the green the green eye paint or whatever. Uh, shout out Nia Jax, what a gem, dude. The match itself, I thought it was really good until the crap not finished, which we thought was gonna happen with two champions. You knew one of them wasn't gonna lose. Well, Oscar did lose, but you knew neither one of them was gonna get pin or submitted. Uh, so yeah, I mean, good in-ring wise, but then a crappy finish, like always. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was goodish, pal. And it wasn't even really announced because I, I believe it was a countout, but they didn't really make it like known that it was a countout. They just kind of made it seem like the ref threw yeah. it out because Nia Jax walked on the stage. Yeah, it's just we don't know. We don't. We don't understand. All right, uh, Ron the Truth Killings defeats Rob Gronkowski and becomes the twenty-four-seven champion yet again. So, yeah, what is this, like, his 30-second title run? I mean, me and R-Truth got those high number of title reigns, but yet we can't hold on to it for a very long time. That, that's true. I want to I actually find out, like, what, what number this is. On the bright side, he, he didn't say Tom Brady. He got a, he, he, he got the name right, so that's that's good. Big pop if they could have got Tom Brady on Raw and R-Truth pins Tom Brady instead of... I, Rob that, that would have been great, actually. That would have been hilarious. So, how many times has our truth been twenty four seven champion? Thirty six. Can't wait for the new edition of the WWE Encyclopedia to come out when we get like ten pages just devoted to the twenty four seven title reigns. His longest run was one hundred and fifty eight days. Wow, that's that's. That's great. The the twenty four seven championship Wikipedia, ladies and gentlemen, this it's a mess. Yeah, oh, oh, this this is actually great. Thirty six, Drake Maverick six, Mojo Rawley seven. Mojo Rawley has the second most amount of reigns. EC three had four. Oh, this thing was just defended on house shows too, I guess. And then there were a lot of people. Oh, the revival! They also held it. Wow. Look at that! Look at that! There are a lot of people that held this thing, man. Jesus Christ. Now, I'm on the page, and I was waiting for, like, the big old Excel spreadsheet of just every single one that happened, and yeah, I was a little disappointed that that was not the case. I wanted, like, a 10-page thing on every single decision that happened with the 24-7 title. Oh, Carmella, you know, we were there when she won it. We're, we're good luck for people. Remember that. 
We saw history. Yes, we were also there for the last ever television appearance for the revival. Some would say that was good luck as well. Exactly, absolutely. All right, we have to move on from that. Nia Jax, she's not like most girls. You do your thing, baby girl. She defeated Kyrie Zane. Um, it happened. There was a leg drop finish. Kyrie took the steps wrong. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah. I mean, we heard about this match last week. Kyrie got busted open pretty bad. Running into the steps, we knew it was happening, so I was keeping an eye out. And then, of course, some awkward shots to the crowd, and Kyrie covering up her face, go home, hit the leg drop, and yeah, did uh, not look very good. I'm not a wrestler. I don't want to post blame on anybody because I don't know what the percentages on what a push into the steps is supposed to look like, but it it, it didn't look very good on Naya's part, I'm just going to say. No, I mean, Kyrie went head first. You know you never go head first. You always go shoulder first. Like, come on. But it's kind of hard to go shoulder first when the person who's supposed to gently kind of ease you into the steps pushes you a little too hard. Well, you got you to gotta make that adjustment mid- midway, you know. I thought these people were supposed to be professionals. Jesus. Well, thanks to Nia and Kyrie, they uh, got a, ma- a band move. A band, a move band. There we go. Oh, is, is, that, is, is that not allowed anymore? Well, you can't do a buckle bomb anymore. Oh. Oh, that's true. Which some should say Seth is the one that should have got the move banned because of Seth, because of Sting and Finn Balor. Okay, but... dude, look, Sting's old and Finn Balor, he had a, he had a bad he had a bad day at the office. It wasn't Seth's fault. It wasn't his fault. Shout out Snitsky. <laughs> Shout out Snitsky. Alright, uh Randy Orton the Viper cuts a promo in what appears to be a, a boiler room, talks about the greatest match ever, talks about no, Ric Flair, the wheeling, dealing, kiss, stealing, limousine, riding, jet flying, son of a gun. How we got to study under the tutelage of Nate and all this other stuff. Thoughts? Once again, I'm going to put over Randy Orton, Philip. About time. I've been waiting for you to continuously do this, man. Well, Randy Orton hasn't been on television in a while. I enjoyed the promo. Really good stuff. I am hoping that this... Is not just a Edge and Orton thing that if Orton, I think, eventually has a feud with Drew McIntyre, that he can continue this good streak. In ring wise, I'm still not holding my breath. This can be the greatest match ever, but the lead up has been good to really good once again. It has, you know, they're 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 they're, uh, they're they bring out the best in each other. Remember, Edge told Randy, "I make you better," which that's that, that might just be true. I think it's just Canadians, man. Whenever Randy's working a Canadian, he his game is up. Like, this stuff with Edge, his stuff with Christian uh, back in the day in that series of matches, that was awesome. So maybe it's just maybe it's just my people that make Randy better. All right, the final thing we saw on Raw was a match between the WWE Champion Drew McIntyre and Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. Claymore kick, McIntyre wins, and then... We have uh, Bobby Lashley, who adopted the Master Lock for some reason. Maybe because he broke it back in the day, so he figured he could adopt it. That's his new finish, and he's locking that in on Drew McIntyre, and they go off the air, and we have Raw Talk, which apparently that's back. On the free version of the WWE Network. So if you've been too cheap to spend 10 bucks or just couldn't afford 10 bucks, you can watch Raw Talk and watch Charlie. Shout out Charlie. <laughs> Does she have a TikTok? Maybe. I think she does, but she doesn't post a lot. Wow. Boo, Charlie. No, but she stay posting those fire Instagram workout videos. Man, love you, girl. But back to the match, though. 
match was fine. Uh, Lana getting involved seems like they're going full steam ahead with the breakup. I don't know if it's a breakup or just a feud between MVP and Lana. I don't know what Lana's going to do now that, she, that Ruru's not there. And if she's going to break up with Lashley, what Lana's going to be doing. But uh, the match was all right. It was short, sweet, to the point. McIntyre wins, as he should. Get heat on Lashley by attacking Drew after the fact. So, yeah. Wow, now you cussed, Philip. I've, I've, I, 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 I know where we are. I know where we are. I'll, I'll edit it out and send it over to the radio station. We didn't go last week, but we'll, we'll, we'll go this week. God damn it! All right, ladies and gentlemen, AEW. Dynamite! So we kick things off always on the call. Excalibur, good old Jim Ross, and Donnie Schiavone. We kick things off with Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against Jimmy Havoc and Super Bad Kip Sabian. Um, solid contest by these guys. They uh, no commercial break for them. they 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 went the they went the whole thing, whole um, basically almost the whole first thirty minutes of the show. I really enjoyed it. It was fun in the end. You know, Hangman and and uh, Omega they get the job done. Good match. I mean, obviously, Omega and Hangman need to get the win here. I was never really in doubt. I think maybe a little bit too spotty, a little bit, you know, trying to fit, you know, 30 pounds of stuff in a 10-pound bag, one might say. But uh, overall, you know, good start to the show. Absolutely. And then we move on to who can survive the path of Cage. Obviously, to play on the path of Rage, stuff that Taz did in ECW. Cage defeats Sean Dean. This is the... uh, Second African-American gentleman he's destroyed in a week, or in the span of two weeks on Dynamite. Um, John Moxley comes out there, and he talks about, he talks about you know, you're talking a big game and all this other stuff. You, you, you look physically great, but when you put my name in, the, in your mouth, just remember who the hell you're talking about, basically. That was a just of Moxley's promo. Really good stuff by both Taz and Moxley. Uh, I mean, Brian Cage in the squash match uh, looked intense, looked you know really strong and physical. Uh, I'm excited to see you know the promos leading up to it. I still can't really envision what the match is going to look like because Cage is kind of like you know the high flying strong man type, and Moxley is kind of just the blue collar brawler type. So I'm kind of intrigued to see how they would mesh in the ring but thus far taz moxley fantastic chemistry on the mic man taz took off his glasses that's how you knew it was serious and he was so intense he spit on the camera absolutely that's that that's how you work brother that's how you cut a promo man all right we move on to le champion chris jericho defeats boom boom colt cabana uh, this was solid work, you know. Jericho getting being a little bit more agile in this match than we have seen him in late, or as of late, I should say. Well, what are your thoughts? Good match, uh, novel match, something that I would have never thought I would have seen Chris Jericho take on Cole Cabana on TNT. But uh, I mean, fine. Jericho gets the win, which he should, you know, kind of reestablish himself, and then Colt gets a loss. He cut a promo afterwards that I enjoyed kind of planting the seeds of maybe joining the Dark Order. He was try- he kind of was seeming like he didn't want to join, but he was thinking about it, so just kind of you know keep keep an eye out for that to see what uh, Colt does. 
Yes, and not only that, I mean, you know, we have Sammy Guevara with his beautiful vocals singing Jericho's theme song, and after the match is over, Jericho calls out the baddest man on the planet, Iron Mike Tyson. He's like, where are you, Mike? Huh, huh, huh? I want the baddest man on the planet. And then Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy pops up, and, you know, he puts Jericho's hands in his belt because, you know, his tights don't have pockets, and he evades Hager evades Jericho, and he's carried over the guardrail by the best friends. So next week, we will get uh, Jake Hager, the Big Hurt, and Proud and Powerful Santana Ortiz of the Inner Circle going up against uh, the best friends, along with freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. A match between Cassidy and, and Le Champion would be great, would it not? I think it would be a lot of fun. I think Jericho would definitely lean into the comedy aspect of his uh, character, if this is a fighter fest, I'm all for it. And early prediction, Orange Cassidy will beat Chris Jericho. I'm, I have a feeling. Wow. Jericho's going to take it to, you know, he's gonna not going to take it seriously. And Orange Cassidy will take it seriously enough to where he can get one up on Le Champion. Jericho shows up in boxing gear. We, we, just, we just do the whole thing. Yep. There you go. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She's uh, attending Dynamite in a Rolls Royce. Get it? Because she's a role model in a Rolls Royce. Absolutely. Uh, we see her Road to Recovery video package. Very great. You know, you have Rebel there who... Rebel... Does she have a TikTok? I'm not looking into it, Philip. Rebel, baby girl, get a TikTok. You need one, trust me. Uh, you know, so uh, Rebel's there coaching her on. And then the uh, head doctor, I, for, I forget his name for AEW, and then Tony Schiavone's there, and it's it's just funny, man. Britt Baker, what? I, I, I never thought she would be this good of a, of a bad guy, and I love it. I love it. I love it to death. Britt Baker's such an inspiration to show and document her road to recovery. I mean, the feats of strength that she was able to pull off in her early stages of rehabilitation was just phenomenal. Absolutely, you know? You could say that her recovery is very, very undisputed. You might add, you know, because her, her, her boyfriend's the leader of the undisputed era. Her baby. Her baby. Yes, absolutely. All right, and then this after this we have uh, the native beast Nyla Rose defeats Big Swole, the wife of us uh, Cedric Alexander. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, okay, it was decent. It was fine. Uh, Spinebuster gets the job done and. Bird Baker's talking mess to Big Swole after Big Swole's match. And Big Swole gets a chair. It was like, you know, you go, you gonna get it. You know, you you wanna act crazy? Let's act crazy. So yeah, that happened. Nobody got hurt. That's all they can ask for. But I gotta say this: Big Swole, Tony Schiavone. I think she's she's uh, he said this like multiple times that she's you know very athletic. You know, one of the most athletic wrestlers on the roster. And I think that's something that just the wrestling business in general needs to stop doing because there's a long history of commentators you know making making the black wrestler the athletic one and i think you, you got to make them more than that so j just throwing it out there that don't just make big swole the athletic black wrestler M make her more than that i didn't see many feats of athleticism in her match so but that's just what they they say that's what they put her as all right ftr can mean anything it can mean forever the, the uh, we can't say, we can't say that name anymore. Free the revolt, or uh, forever the revolt for the revolution, whatever. 
they sit down with Tony Schiavone, you know, in the uh, in the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, headquarters. And, you know, they have this interview. They talk about you know, all these tag teams, and they have their eye on Omega and Hangman, who they're not a traditional tag team. And then, of course, they talk about the Bucks and how they've heard about this for five years and such and such. You know, they're gonna they're gonna teach him how to wrestle. And then all of a sudden, um, the butcher and the blade. No, Bunny, I'm sad. They come from the uh, the upstairs and they have an altercation, a verbal altercation, not a physical one, because there's people to hold them off. And uh, Cash Wheeler of the Revol- the Revolt says, "Look, we're businessmen. We'll handle this in the ring. That's where we handle all our business." And he throws water at him. Thoughts? I like the interview. I like the way that they came across. They they're not leaning heavily into the you know FWWE what. Brody Lee has been doing lately. So I like that aspect of it. They're tweeners and kind of like the truest form to where I can't really tell what I'm supposed to believe if they're heels or baby faces. I think at this moment, they're kind of like cocky baby faces. But then also when they were talking about the Young Bucks, they were kind of dismissive and kind of heelish. So I think just at the moment, they're baby faces. But I think it's only a matter of time until they turn full-fledged heel. I mean, they're going to they're gonna teach them how to wrestle, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of like kind of backhanded com- com- compliments in their promo. I did like how uh, Tony Schiavone was like after it was over, like I I thought FTR stood for the, you know, a little play on uh, some some BTE stuff there. That, that that was funny. I was like ha 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 ha. That's how you get away with it. FTR stands for everything, except for that. Uh, except for that. Except for that. All right, the main event, the TNT Championship, was on the line. Two guys who have graced the all-pro wrestling ring here in the Bay Area. Jungle Boy Jumpin' Jack Perry takes on the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, for the TNT Championship. A solid, solid work here by both gentlemen. Cody, you know, he busted open, got some color. They go through a table. There's chain wrestling. But in the end, the American Nightmare retains the championship of America's Greatest Network. I had pretty high expectations for this match going in not saying that it was going to be an all-time classic or anything but i think they definitely lived up to that thought it was you know really good baby face baby face matchup uh you know athleticism uh, cody breaks out the maybe breaks out the blade with the color but uh, overall i mean really good uh, they have they have a history here in the Bay Area, with both of them wrestling for APW on a consistent basis. I don't think they really touched on that. But anyways, you know, uh, really enjoyed the match. Obviously, Cody got the win, which he should have. Uh, Jungle Boy looked good in defeat. Still don't under, uh, don't know, you know, how high Jungle Boy could actually go. If he's going to have to change his gimmick up, maybe, you know, just get completely repackaged. But overall, really good. And next week, he's facing Mark. Marquette, Marquette, Mar- I am going to completely butcher his name Marcus from Quinn. the private party. Marcus Quinn. Marcus. Marcus? Marcus, yes, Marcus Quinn. Okay, I, th- I thought it was something else. But anyways, I don't really understand why he's the next person to face off for the TNT title because he's a tag team wrestler and they haven't really built him up and given us a reason for that. But It's open to anybody. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it, yes, absolutely. Anything's possible, as Kevin Garnett said. If you just believe. Whatever happened to that guy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we sign off, we have to talk about NXT TakeOver in your house. We are doing the predictions for this. Championship's not on the line because I just hadn't planned on it. All right, so here we go. First up, Finn Balor, Prince Balor. 
He's going up against Damian Priest. I I got Finn. I got Finny Boy. He, he's on the road to becoming the NXT champion yet again. He needs to beat Priest, and I think he needs to beat somebody else before he can be like, all right, Adam, I was the longest reigning NXT champion. Now you are. It's time I take that title from you. I'm going to go with Finn Balor as well. I feel as though Finn in NXT hasn't exactly, not clicked, but hasn't really you know, lived up to the high expectations. He hasn't been pushed at the level that I think he could be, obviously, with the pandemic and not a lot of fans and no fans there. That's kind of put a damper on it as well. But I think Finn's going to win. Damian Priest, I still have uh, some high hopes for it. I can see him as being kind of a Baron Corbin-esque where he doesn't really do a whole lot in NXT, but then he's going to get a, a pretty big push in WWE on the main roster because Vince likes his size and his look. Absolutely, the former Punishment Martinez. All right, next up, we have Keith Lee, Bask in His Glory. Dope theme song, by the way. He goes up against Johnny Gargano, the former Rebel Heart. Maybe now he has a black heart like Tommaso Ciampa. We don't know. Uh, they're fighting for the NXT North American Championship. I'm, I, I'm, I'm picking Johnny Gargano. You know, I, I like this version of Johnny. This cocky, arrogant, squeamish uh, a-hole. You know, I, I like this. I'm all in favor of this version of Johnny Gargano holding a championship in NXT. And I, there's something in uh, Keith Lee, the bigger man, chasing the the little squirmy heel for the title. I like that. I like that a lot. I think this match could go either way, which makes me excited to see the match. But I will go with Keith Lee. I think you keep it on him. Have that if Adam Cole is going to be the heel champion going forward, have him be the babyface champion on the men's side. I think the match could be really good. Maybe we get a false finish. Maybe we get a disqualification on Johnny Gargano's part, which is something we don't really see on takeovers all that often, even though we kind of see it a lot on the NXT uh, show with kind of the crappy finishes, but I'll go with Keith Lee. Not really, you know, positive on that aspect of it, but just going to go with it to be different. There you go. There you go. All right. Woo! The Queen Charlotte Flair defends the NXT Women's Championship against Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. I have Charlotte Penn and Rhea. I think, she, think Rhea takes another loss. You know, she was the she was a nice, cool new flavor of the month, but, you know, she, she got beat at Mania when, when the stakes were too big, and with, with the stakes being even bigger in this scenario in NXT, I think she takes another loss. We we keep Io Shirai um, nice and high. She'll have a great performance, but she, she won't be pinned, so she won't be hurt. She won't get the job done either. I'm going to go with Charlotte on this one as well. I don't like this match just because I, I love Io, I love Rhea, and I just don't think either one of them should be losing at this point. I think you could have like found like Mia Yim. I think you could have had Mia Yim be in this match and have Charlotte beat her, and it would have been perfectly fine. I know Mia Yim is doing something with Gargano and Candice LeRae at the moment, but I just you know have two of your top women be in this match, and I feel as though both are going to come out losing. Obviously, only one is going to take the actual loss, which I think it's going to be Io. But EO did take the loss in that uh, tag team match last week, so I don't know if they want to pin EO, you know, twice in three weeks. But I'm gonna go with Charlotte getting the win over EO. All right, there you go, there you go. And also, this is another non-title match. The NXT tag titles are not on the line on the show, which is interesting. 
Carry and Cross, accompanied by Scarlet Yowzers. Uh, he's taken on Tommaso Ciampa, the Blackheart of NXT, the Daddy of NXT, you could say, ahead of uh, Papa Trips. Uh, I, you know what, Brandon? I still have yet to see this amazing entrance I keep hearing about from Carry and Cross. Looks like I'll have to see it on Sunday when I watch Takeover because he's my pick to beat Ciampa. I'll go with Cross as well. I, I'm not going to say it's a squash by any means, but I think it's going to be a pretty decisive win. I think Karrion Cross has tremendous upside. Uh, you know, Scarlet, the aspect of her character hasn't really been flushed out too much. I mean, she's, I think, maybe cut one promo. I haven't seen this week's NXT yet, so I haven't seen the full build for this match. I know they do something on the show, but overall, I think Cross is going to win pretty decisively. Maybe they go back to this match again, but uh, I think Cross has a big upside on NXT. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, last up, it is the NXT Championship. Adam Cole, baby. He defends against the Velveteen Dream. And if Velveteen Dream is unsuccessful in capturing the NXT Championship, he cannot challenge for the title as long as Adam Cole is champion. That's something they should have did with Cody and Jericho for the AW title, I'm just saying. Alright, so... And this is going to be a backlot brawl, I believe. Oh, that's going to be great. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm picking Adam Cole. The reign must continue, and it's going to be dream over for Patrick Clark. I will go with Adam Cole as well. If this is the backlot brawl, I think this is going to be, you know, the cinematic experience that we kind of get once per show. And I think it could be a lot of fun. I think Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream could have a lot of fun in this. Hopefully it's not too, you know, whacking over the top like the original one was with Goldust and Roddy Piper. But Adam Cole definitely could lean into the comedic side a lot more, more of the being the elite side of Adam Cole. But I think overall he's going to get the job done. And I'm waiting for Adam Cole to turn babyface. I feel as though that should happen. But I think if it's going to happen, it should be done in front of a live crowd with real fans, not trainees. Absolutely. You know, Adam. So this Adam Cole is going to copy the Adam Cole that died on being the elite. He's going to drink a bad monster, and he's going to die. Oh, my God. That's why you don't drink monsters. That's why you drink bang, ladies and gentlemen. Just if you do drink monsters, do the zero sugar ones. Your intestines will thank you later. Yeah. Or drink rain. I hear that's very popular. I might, I might have to try that. Eva Marie, yes. sponsored by rain. Yes. I had a rain once. I actually quite enjoyed it. I think it was like a pink lemonade or something. Mm. Mouse watering for it. Oh, my God. All right, Superstar Spotlight. Who do we got? Who do we got? Who do we got? I'm going Jungle Boy. I'm very impressive against uh, the EVP of AEW TNT champion Cody. Uh, good work. You know, Brandon said he might have become repackaged. That could be a possibility, but I don't see him being anything else than Jungle Boy jumping Jack Perry. Brandon, who's your Superstar Spotlight? My Superstar Spotlight. I will go on the raw side of things and i'll go with ray mysterio it was just a simple sit down promo he had the eye patch i kind of predicted that maybe we would get the old school ray mysterio mask with the blocked out eyes but i really enjoyed his promo yeah or maybe he can get a custom one made where it's like half of what he what, he, what he's wearing now and then half of the old school wcw with the with the one eye that's messed up blocked out i think that'd be cool that'd be really nice all right, our promo pick of the week. Brandon, what is it? Well, this week's promo pick, I've been talking about this uh, a bunch of times 
on this. I don't know if this is the exact one I've been talking about, but this is the Who is Apollo Crews uh, series. It is a two-parter, only a few minutes long on the YouTube. This is from NXT October 28th, 2015. This is leading up to Apollo Crews' NXT title match against Finn Balor. Really the only high-profile thing Apollo Crews really did in NXT, unfortunately. But it's a good... It's I don't think it's the entirety of what actually is uh, on NXT. So if you have the network, you can go and check that out. But he talks about his family and his kind of lead up into NXT, kind of the background and upbringing that he had. And he talks about in the second part, the, you know, him being in NXT and what this means to him. So, uh, you know, just a good little insight on who Apollo Crews is. It's a two-parter. So if you type it in, you know, if you watch the first part, the second one should be in your recommended right after this. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I do remember this vaguely from NXT all those years ago. It was, it was a just typical. All right, who is this guy? Let's get introduced to him a little bit. The uh, former Uha Nation. Uh, it, it, it was fine. It was simple. It, like you did say, I think this wasn't probably the most profile thing he did in NXT. Besides, you know, the match with the Balor. Was that for the title or not? I can't remember. It might have been. Uh, yeah. Well, moving on from that, close match pick of the week: Kyle O'Reilly. This is pre uh, undisputed era Kyle O'Reilly. Versus Tyson Dukes. I'm a big fan of Dukes. I like his work. Uh, Pro Wrestling World Cup. uh, Round 1. WCPW. What culture pro wrestling or defiance. Whichever one you're familiar with. May 27th, 2017. Um, This was, you know. We started the Bullet Cast a few months before this. uh, That that, uh, Pro Wrestling World Cup was one of the main focal points for us talking uh, during, during that era of our show. It was really a lot of technical stuff, a lot of standing switches, sit-out switches, arm bars, but uh, O'Reilly gets the job done with the Armageddon, because it's an arm bar, and and it's like a leg arm bar in one. Get it? Get it? Oh, I get it. Yes. What'd you think of the match, Brandon? Really enjoyed the match. Not really uh, too familiar with Tyson Duke, but I love Kyle O'Reilly. I feel as though he is not underutilized but I feel that he could be so much more uh, maybe not the level of Adam Cole but definitely that kind of next level down a really good technical match you know kind of the British technical style uh, really enjoyed it and hopefully once the pandemic is over and Kyler Riley who has diabetes so that's why you haven't seen him on NXT he can come back and he can be a focal point on NXT once again see that ladies and gentlemen no matter what your fitness level is you can contract diabetes you can have it Stay well. Stay well. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in another match of Tyson Dukes, check out the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. He wrestled uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Gave us a wonderful, wonderful drop uh, a few years back. But I think that's going to do it. Follow us on Twitter, at Bullocast, Instagram, The Bullocast, YouTube channel, The Bullocast. Email us, Bullocast2 is in the number 2 suite, S-W-E-T at gmail.com. Every Friday night, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., 99.9 FM, KW in Watsonville, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, Patreon! We're all over the damn place. Um, I might be doing a guest appearance Sunday night to recap uh, NXT TakeOver and Your House on somebody else's podcast. But if that doesn't happen, Brandon and I will do a recap of it with each other because our recaps of pay-per-views and live events are always amazing. You don't want to miss it. Um, that's going to do it for Brandon and myself. Ladies and gentlemen, stay clean, stay strong, stay safe. Stay quarantined. 
This has been the Bullocast. Thank you for listening.